Every week, a lot happens in Parliament. Debates rage, bills are discussed, and laws are introduced. So it's easy to feel like you don't quite know what's going on in the chamber. So we're lifting the lid and telling you exactly what happened this week in Parliament. Unfortunately, Parliament's on recess this week. So instead, we're going to discuss what recess is, why Parliaments have it, and what MPs do on recess. We'll also discuss the Welsh firebreak and what the devolved Parliaments have been up to this week. This week, alongside schools, the Westminster politicians are on holiday. In Parliament, they call this recess, and it also happens at the same time in the Welsh and Northern Irish Parliaments. Basically, MPs do not debate, and Westminster is, for all intents and purposes, closed. This doesn't mean, however, that MPs aren't working. Local issues still arise, even if Westminster isn't sitting. Often MPs will use their time to go off and meet their constituents more, and resolve some of these local issues. Their staff in Westminster will continue to work on these issues too, often while their MP is back in the constituency. They may also use this time to attend party conferences, which are usually organised to take place during such recesses. This week though, this is not the case, as the party conferences have already been and gone for the year. It's important to note that MPs are real people too. They have lives, often have wives and husbands, and alongside this, children. As the recesses line up with school holidays, MPs have more time to spend with their families. After all, being an MP is a tough job, which often demands long hours and a lot of criticism from one group or another. In our only actual parliamentary story this week, we're looking at First Minister's questions in the Scottish Parliament, which took place this Thursday. The key topic in this week's questions was Wednesday's release of a Public Health Scotland report into patients being discharged from hospitals into care homes in the early part of the pandemic. Just for context, before we get into Nicola Sturgeon's response to questioning, the report basically found that hospital discharge is associated with an increased risk of an outbreak when considered on its own. But the size of the care home has the strongest association with outbreaks of COVID-19, and that when this and other aspects are accounted for, there's no statistical significance of discharge-related outbreak risk. This is despite the fact that figures show that from March 1st to April 21st, 81.9% of those discharged into care homes were not tested for COVID due to testing regulations, which clearly leaves open the possibility that many COVID-positive patients were sent back to care homes. Ruth Davidson, the acting leader of the Scottish Conservatives in Holyrood, called it a devastating report and flagged that in addition to the aforementioned summary, it also had some remarkable statistics. Ruth Davidson. I thank the First Minister for that answer, but it didn't address the specific question that I put to her, which was what was the increased risk? When somebody tested positive for COVID before being transferred to a care home, the report said that the best estimate was a 45% increase in risk of an outbreak. But because of the wide variation I, I quoted, the risk could have been much higher. In fact, the report says it could have been as high as 374%. A 374% increase in risk of seeing COVID rip through a care home. This is exactly why we need the public inquiry to start now, because there is so much we still don't know. What we do know is that only 13.5% of care homes who were never sent any patients ended up having an outbreak. That jumped to 38% when a home had one or more patients put into their care. But we still don't know how high that number goes when a care home had a known COVID-positive patient sent to them. That's pretty basic stuff. 
Why was that? Naturally, the First Minister was on the defensive throughout, but she did not try to skirt the issue or downplay the significance of the report and the wider issues it brings to light. She committed to a full inquiry and further reports into the issue. Furthermore, Sturgeon did look quite visibly upset during parts of the session and was keen to make it clear that her government had got things wrong, a bit of humanity that's not normally seen from politicians. The impact in care homes, and I, I have said it before, I will say it again today, we got things wrong. We didn't get things wrong because we didn't care about care homes. We got things wrong, as other countries in the UK and further afield got things wrong in care homes because of... Uh, underdeveloped understanding at that point of the virus and also, and I readily, I have done it before, I readily concede that, a, a significant acute concern uh, that our hospitals were going to be overwhelmed with COVID. Hopefully this and any further reports can help the country and the rest of the world understand how to deal with COVID in care homes. In the third story of the week, we look at the Welsh firebreak lockdown. It was only a week ago today that Wales embarked on a temporary two-week national lockdown with the aim of reducing the spread of the coronavirus. To do this, they went back to the rules that were imposed in March. Basically, no going outside unless it's absolutely necessary. This led some controversy as they went as far as telling supermarkets not to sell non-essential items. Obviously, it's not clear what is and what isn't essential which led to many shops continuing to sell alcohol, but not selling clothes. Today, Mark Drayford, the Welsh First Minister, made a speech updating the Welsh people on the firebreak and the situation relating to the coronavirus generally. He started by telling the Welsh people that 80 people have died this week as a result of the coronavirus. More than 80 families, 80 families, this week alone, are experiencing the pain, the grief and the loss that comes from a disease that we had not even heard about this time last year. He then went on to say that the reason the firebreak is in effect right now is that the virus could be brought under control for Christmas. But that is why we have acted now, in October and November, so that we have the hope that in December we can have a Christmas with coronavirus brought back under control. The big announcement was that Wales would not return to a local approach following the end of the firebreak a week today. He said instead that national rules would be implemented in such a way that they're easier to follow. So that is why the Cabinet has been meeting this week and has decided not to return to the network of local restrictions that we had in place earlier in the autumn. Instead, we will put in place a simpler set of national rules that are easier for everybody to understand to help keep us safe and keep the virus under control. And we've been working hard this week to create this new set of measures, measures that we can all live with this winter and that will give us maximum protection together with as much freedom as is feasible. Although these national rules will come into place at the end of the lockdown, they were not announced in the statement today. Instead, they'll be announced publicly on Monday, once they've been finalised by the Welsh Cabinet. If you want to be updated on what happens in Parliament next week when it finally reopens, be sure to subscribe to the channel. Or if you prefer to listen to the weekly update, then subscribe to the Daily Briefing podcast feed.
where you'll also find our daily summary of the week's events and every Saturday, This Week in Parliament.